Last week, I talked about my son staring out the window at the Halloween decorations, which he found so terrifying. He couldn't look away. Well, there's a reason I talked about that. So many people have a resistance to letting themselves get spooked. I don't know if they don't want to be embarrassed. I don't know if it's some kind of self-preservation. But we all have that window inside of us somewhere. And I think too many people don't like looking through it. I think a lot of us have forgotten just how fun it is. I want you to try something. Stay up late tonight. Not much, just a little later than usual. Just long enough for everyone else to be in bed. Long enough for the house to be quiet. Get a drink. Sit in a chair with the lights off. Now, I want you to think back to the last time you were really, truly spooked. What did that to you? Focus on it. Pull up the details in your mind. Imagine yourself telling me about it. Now, if this memory's vivid enough, you might start feeling that crawling sensation on the back of your neck. You might feel your chest start to constrict just a little bit. You might find yourself taking deeper breaths. This is how I want to feel when I watch a horror movie, when I read a scary book, or when I hear a good ghost story. In that chair, at night, in the quiet, that's how I want you to listen to this podcast. Not doing chores. Not driving your car. Just sit in the quiet. Listen to the podcast. And give your imagination permission to run free for a while. Don't be afraid to be afraid. Find that window. Find your window. Now look out that window and listen in the dark. I'm Albie Robles, and I want you to scare me. A while back, I started doing narration for a YouTube talk show called Movie Night with Will DeVacas. Will and I have become friends, and it turns out we both love horror. He is an actor and filmmaker based out of Delaware. And recently, when I asked him if he had any scary stories from the area, he delivered. Here is Will DeVacas to tell us about one of Delaware's most haunted places. My name is Will DeVacas, and I like horror. I like it because there's something about sitting in an audience in a dark theater, watching a, a genre film, whether it's a horror or sci-fi, that is meant to give you a certain feeling, and you're feeling these same exact beats, like jumping, going, ooh, ah, together. There's something to be embraced about that. And there's something fun about being scared. And I love being scared. But you know what scares me more than a horror film that comes out, you know, in modern times? Old legends and folklore. Today, I'm going to share with you uh, about one of Delaware's most fabled areas. It's called the Burnt Swamp. 
um, or the Great Cypress Swamp. Now, it's called the Burnt Swamp. If you want to give a little history lesson, the swamp has caught fire multiple times over the years. In Delaware, it's a, it's a small state. This swamp, uh, if you do your research, there is a lot of uh, tales and different folklore that surround it. And there's a lot of really weird stories that I've picked up over the years. A lot of them are really kind of frightening, especially if you go out to this swamp. The Great Cypress Swamp itself is kind of like this weird anomaly. It shouldn't be there. I was told it was one of the only cypress swamps north of part of the northern hemisphere or something like that. I mean, I, I know people who won't go there. It freaks them out so much. When the swamp was first discovered, there was a guy by the name of Thomas Nuttall who was an explorer in the 1700s, I believe. And he said that the swamp was just a big labyrinth. I'm trying to find the exact quote here. Yeah, he was an English botanist. Stories about the burnt swamp go back nearly five centuries to 1524. 1524. Wow. Once described as one of the most frightening labyrinths one can imagine. And that was Thomas Nuttall. No matter who you talk to, everybody has a story about it. And that's, that's kind of what I want to share with you today about this, this little spooky swamp in Delaware. When I was in first grade, uh, I heard about the swamp from a teacher. And somebody had lived near the swamp that went to my school. And the teacher was like, oh, I, I, I hate going through. There's a road. It's called Swamp Road. It cuts right through the swamp. Now, keep in mind, there's actually a couple of roads that are unmarked roads that go through the swamp. They're just dirt roads. They're really creepy. The Cypress, uh, the Cypress Swamp Road that goes through the swamp, it's always dark in there. You know, because it's, it's kind of encapsulated by the trees and all the uh, growth. Um, it's just eerie. It's very long. It's, it it kind of winds around the swamp. It, it, the speed limit is 50 miles. Per, at least it used to be 50 miles per hour. I don't recommend anybody go 50 miles per hour through there. You turn off your headlights at night, there could be nuns out there and you wouldn't see them. That's how dark it is. Also, if you got that Twilight Zone reference, good on you. It's just very spooky. And especially nowadays when you ride through there, you're going to see a bunch of crosses on the side of the road from people who have died in accidents. And a lot of those crosses kind of tie into stories that I've heard. But when I first heard about it, it, I was a kid. And then one day I actually went through it. I was going with my grandmother's boyfriend who was work. He used to work in Seaford and he drove through it. And I remember it was just a very silent, eerie place to be, you know, radios would lose signal. Nowadays, cell phones lose signals. If you fly a drone out there, be careful because sometimes if you just go in the swamp, you'll lose signal and the damn thing will fly off on you. It's a very spooky place. And ever since I heard about it, I became obsessed with it because you don't really hear about many haunted places in this area. Although it is, it is the first state, ghost stories and stuff like that aren't really talked about unless it's the beach and they talk about like pirates and stuff. And that's all bullshit anyway. Come on. Some of the stories that you hear about the swamp, they're just frightening. They're just kind of spooky. One of the ones I want to talk about, this is the most well-known story. Back in the 50s, and there have been reports of this well, well before the 50s, but there was a swamp monster that roamed the swamp. It's been documented. They've taken photos of it. And this thing would just kind of roam around the swamp and chase people in their vehicles. And people would go looking for it. Years later... It turns out that the fucking swamp monster was actually some dude dressing up and scaring people. He did it because they wanted to get people to buy newspapers in the area. 
So uh, this this guy named uh, Ralph Grasshopper, I think his name, Grapperhopper, or whatever his name is, Grapperhouse, saw a guy by the name of Fred Stevens in a um, swamp monster costume at the Selbyville Halloween Parade and went up to him and said, hey, we're going to make a bunch of money and we're going to make you a star. So they went out, they took the costume, they shot a really blurry photo of him standing on a mound with a, a stick with a with a spike through it. And it traveled around like wildfire. And people were afraid of this swamp monster. Now, there were stories about a swamp monster beforehand. People would say, don't go out in the swamp. The swamp monster might get you. I was working on a documentary, and we just couldn't get funding for it because there's not an interest in filmmaking in Delaware. Well, I interviewed this guy, Fred Stevens, and he told me, he goes, yeah, you know, there were days where I would go out to that swamp, and uh, I didn't I didn't feel right. It felt like something was watching me. He, he was a very nice old man, very old-fashioned, uh, very funny, very good sense of humor. But he did mention there were a couple times he was out there and he just did not feel comfortable being out there. He would hear noises and hear things in the brush and, you know, kind of just weird stuff. There was a time where I was driving back there and I saw kind of like this big lurking six-foot figure cross the road. Now, I was going so fast and it was so far away. It could have been anything. But it looked like the guy, if it was a guy, it looked like it could have been a hunter wearing camo gear, but it just was a real bizarre look, you know, to be crossing that road at that point into the swamp. Yeah, kind of gives you creeps, especially when it's like at midnight. Real spooky. It doesn't help that there were stories beforehand. There was a story this one person told me about the shingle maker. There was a shingle maker out in the swamp. He had a fight with his wife. I think they were about to separate or something. And he went out to the swamp and he built a little cabin. This is back in like the 1920s, maybe 30s. And uh, he lived out in the swamp by himself. He would always, every day, walk into the town of Selbyville to buy supplies for building whatever he might be building at the time. Um, but one day he didn't come to town. Week goes by, nothing. So the cops and a few locals go out and check out on his cabin out in the swamp and he found him torn to pieces, just ripped apart. And they can't explain it because the last bear was killed in the swamp in like 1910. And that just kind of spooks you. So either there was a serial killer running around that tore this man apart or there's some creature out there that did it. About two days after that, they saw him walking through town. Nobody talked to him and he was never seen again. Boy, here's the thing. A lot of people don't want to talk about it their experiences because they say that it, they sound crazy. Well, one guy swore there was a dinosaur running through the swamp, like a velociraptor type of thing. He was out hunting and he saw this giant lizard and uh, that was it. That's all he said. <laughs> chased him through the swamp. And I was like, all right, this, some of the stories are about the swamp or surrounding the swamp, you know, some of them could be true. Most of them are complete dog shit. You listen to them and you're like, okay, rolling your eyes. Some of these, I'm sure you at home, the the listener, will be doing the same thing. Like, all right, okay, whatever. Some of them, unless you visit the place, you won't know. Like, there's a feeling you get when you go into the swamp. It's always the same feeling. I, I always go there and there's always like a fog drifting like a foot above the ground it's always kind of really still outside. There's no wind. It is kind of cold, even in the summertime. 
and it's really quiet. There is some nightlife, crickets and bugs you'll hear, but you don't really hear too much aside from the occasional screech from a fox or something like that. It's just kind of a weird place to be and you kind of it's kind of mystical if you think about it. It's it's like if you've ever been to Machu Picchu and how you feel there, you kind of get that same feeling at the swamp. It's really spooky and there's a reason for it. There is an old tree or there was. The tree has since been cut down and it attracted too much attention and you know the nature preserve did not want that attention especially after my swamp documentary was was being talked about they didn't want people coming out and seeing this tree the tree uh is called the witch's tree and they would hang witches proposed witches from that tree um in the 16 1700s also they would hang african americans during the early 1900s and before the Georgetown Circle had a hanging noose, they would hang criminals in the swamp. Trust me, if you ever drove upon it and saw the tree, you knew exactly what tree it was. It almost looked like the tree from Poltergeist. It was a big, gnarled, old tree with all these limbs on it, and one hung out over the road. And when you went up to that tree, you just felt weird. You didn't feel welcomed. You didn't feel like you should be there. You just felt like something was watching you and something was telling you to leave. It was spooky. Since they've cut it down, it's not really as spooky because the tree itself had a crazy, scary appeal to it. But it still makes you feel uncomfortable being there, especially since every other tree around that tree has Satan lives and 666 on it and all that jazz. Well, it was a place of demon worship for a while, too. I talked to Tony Spera about it once. He is the son-in-law of Ed and Lorraine Warren. We interviewed him for the, for, the, for the documentary. And there are some times where the swamp smells like old rotted meat. And it's not every time. It could be just, you know, the swamp smelling like a swamp, you know. But it just smells like something's decaying. And he said that is prevalent with demonic activity. And there is a lot of uh, cult, demonic, you know, I guess back in the 90s, there were some Satanists that went out there um, that did some kind of weird rituals. It just, you know, it's a weird place to be. I don't know how else to explain it. I picked up a hitchhiker out in the swamp. It was an African-American guy, and I passed him, and he was very, very tall. And I stopped my car, and I just shouted, hey, are you okay? And he goes, yes, sir, I'm just very tired. I'm trying to get home. I'm like, okay. So I gave him a ride. And he lived in Del Mar, but he worked in the town over um, Selbyville at the chicken plant. And he was the nicest guy. And I was like, you know, why are you walking through this swamp? It's like the scariest place to walk through at night. He goes, I know, I know, but I have no other way of getting home. And he told me some stories about like there's a white deer. And then I think he was the one that told me about the, the mafia. There was a guy who in the 80s or the 90s, owed money to the mafia and he was like a rat for the he was like a narc he told he tipped the cops off the mafia found out about it and they were gonna they were gonna kill him i think it had to deal with drug running i think they were like smuggling drugs from miami up into this area there's a lot of drugs in this area they they were going to kill this guy and he was pretty much like you know the cops were going to protect him but he didn't trust it so he was going to take his money bury it somewhere 
and just run with a little bit of money on him. So he took a cigar box, and I think I don't I forget how much money he put in that cigar box, but he buried it out in the swamp. And uh, nobody can find it to this day. He's like, if you go out there and start looking, you're probably you might find it. But it, he sealed it up. It's in like a Ziploc bag and it's a cigar box. It's been sealed with tape. And there's a couple grand in there. I don't know how much. I don't know if it was 20 or 30 or 40, but it wasn't a lot of money. But it was enough that if you found it, you know, you could play the lottery or something with it. Buy a bunch of scratch-offs, you know. Well, I used to go out there in high school. Josh Lynch was the first one who took me out there. And he told me some stories about the swamp and uh, after a while of going out there, we got stopped by the police one night. It was really strange. Um, they don't really want people out there. And a lot of the good old boys, the, the the locals, like to go out there and they like to play chicken with their cars and hang out and drink and party and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Some people out there are complete assholes. I've run into a couple of people who have threatened me with crowbars, like, you know, tire irons, like you're not supposed to be here, you know, get out of here. And that itself is a scary situation. Um, I've been there where they've taken their trucks and blocked off roads so I couldn't get out and they chase me around. And it, it is kind of a spooky type of thing there. You know, it hasn't happened recently, but when I was in high school, it happened a lot. I've been out there a couple times near the tree and you kind of see like these weird like orbs floating around. You know, of course, it could be bugs, could be anything, but it's just, you just feel weird. You feel like you shouldn't be there. I won't go out there unless my car has a fresh tank of gas, brand new oil change, make sure the tires have filled up because I've been out there where my car has not started before. And that's scary because there's no cell signal out there. You get out there and you can't call anybody. You know, during the Civil War, you know, soldiers would hide in the swamp who were who were injured because there was a hotel slash hospital right up the road. Uh, it's still standing um, where they could fix up all the soldiers and stuff. You'd had people who died there during the war in the swamp. So there, there's a lot of death surrounding it. Not to mention, you had people during Prohibition going out there and making alcohol. And one of the, the moonshine stills blew up. And it the, the swamp burned for eight months. And before that, it burnt down. I think, I think lightning struck or something, and it burnt for another couple months. It's like that swamp has a lot of shit that's happened in it. The actual swamp road... When you drive through it, people speed like crazy. There's a story that I was told by a guy about a girl, and I think he knows the father of this girl. She just graduated high school, and he had bought her a very nice, like uh, some sort of like uh, uh, convertible. And that her and her boyfriend were driving with the top down, going way too fast, crashed their car, hit the sign. This this it wasn't a stop sign. It was like uh, one of those weird looking triangle like signs with the I guess it was like a maybe a deer crossing they hit that and it decapitated her and that that's that's always been a scary thing because there's rumors and, and stories about a girl walking around without her head on that swamp road multiple people have have said that there's also stories of people driving down that swamp road and seeing people dressed like witches, like like these black Wiccan type of clothing, it's that, that you know, and you do see some of that stuff. It is kind of spooky. But there was one night I took my friends out to see the tree. This is this is kind of an exclusive. 
so we went out to the tree and, you know, we're screwing around and, you know, I'm scaring people, you know, like, ooh, uh, turning the car alarm on and off and whatnot. And uh, we're leaving. And we go off. There's a road parallel to the swamp road. And we see all these eyes light up from the center of the road. And I swerve and I stop the car and I go back to see what it was. And it was a whole bunch of kittens. And they kind of scattered into the forest. And it was me, Dave DePeron, uh, trying to get these cats out of the forest. And they were little kittens. And me and Dave heard a blood-curdling scream coming from the area of where we just were in the swamp. Now, foxes screech like crazy. They make this crazy scare. And we, that's what we thought it was, maybe a fox. So we paid it no mind. The next day, he messages me on Facebook. goes, dude. Go on WBOC.com. Check out the first story that pops up. A woman was murdered and dumped in the swamp. And we were out there. Yeah. No matter who you talk to, who you interview, there's always a story about something. Some of it, like I said, is bullshit. But when you actually research some of these, like when you look back at the, the tabloids or you look back at the, the newspapers, like there, there's something, there's things that have gone down there. Is it real or is it not? You know, um, we're not going to tell you. We don't want to tell you. We don't want to ruin that magic because here's a bunch of people with a bunch of different stories. A lot of them are conflicting as far as what it is. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them do match up. So, you know, with anything, as you know, with ghost tales and folklore, there's some truth to some of that, you know, in those stories, you know, or else where did it come from? Do you want to try to scare me? If you've had or have heard about a paranormal experience you'd like to share, or if the area you live in has a particularly scary legend or lore, I want to hear it. Send an email to scareme at albirobelesvoice.com. Scare Me is produced by Alby Robles Voice and features original music by Adam Clifton. For voiceover booking information or to inquire about having your own podcast produced, go to www.albiroblesvoice.com.